Hey, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but first, let's hear from our podcast sponsors. We want to thank Hometown Ticketing for their support of the Educational AD Podcast. Hometown Ticketing is the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. You can learn more at hometownticketing.com. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. We also want to thank Violet Defense for their support of the podcast. Violet Defense is dedicated to protecting our world from germs by bringing the power of UV disinfection to everyday spaces. Their patented technology enables them to harness the power of the sun to incorporate ultraviolet light into products and environments like never before. Whether you're ready to implement some of their existing products, or if you'd like to explore researching and developing a custom deployment of their technology for your school, Violet Defense has the solutions and the experience you need. Go to violetdefense.com for more information about their great products. We also want to thank Sideline Interactive for their support. You know, it's getting harder and harder to fund an athletic department these days, but Sideline Interactive's indoor scoring tables and video boards can generate $10,000 or more every year, while also creating excitement in the gym and the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or call 832-786-0302 to schedule a live web demo and see their tables and boards in action. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com for more information. They really have a quality product and great customer service. So email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com. I promise you, you will be very impressed. We also want to thank Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, they are on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They provide a variety of interactive touchscreen video consoles, along with an extensive library of templates to make it easier than ever to recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. For ideas on how to showcase your school's diverse history, along with your proudest moments, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Or to learn more and get started with your own digital Wall of Fame tribute, call them at 614-981-3589. Or you can email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com to get started. That's sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. We also want to thank Huddle. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. Over 180,000 teams, including some of the best in the world, are using Huddle to help their teams play better using video and analytics. Huddle is the complete performance platform. They have online tools, mobile and desktop apps, smart cameras like the Huddle Focus. Of course, there's analytics and a whole lot more. Huddle's built for every level of play, from club and youth teams all the way through high schools and colleges, and even the professional teams are using Huddle to help their athletes play better. You're in pretty good company with over 6 million users, including your student athletes, a lot of their parents, and the coaches of the teams you're trying to get to recruit your kids. If you want to find out more about what Huddle can do for you and how your school can become a Huddle school, go to huddle.com and talk to their professionals. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. And we wanna thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack for sponsoring the Athletic Director Toolbox segment of our podcast. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect some comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack also connects you to the 95% of the parents and the student athletes who really love your program, and it gives them a voice to help demonstrate the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. Go to athleticsurveys.com and check out their testimonials, and then give them a call at 1-800-738-6466, or you can email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. You've never used a survey to take the pulse of your parents or your student athletes. You're really missing out. Talk to the folks at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them help you take your athletic department from good to great. 
Hey, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is Jennifer Cease. She is a mindset performance coach. She's also the founder of Mind to Define, which is uh, involved with coaching and uh, setting goals uh, to help uh, young women uh, athletes improve their performance. Uh, she's out of St. Louis, Missouri. Jennifer, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Well, Jennifer and I connected a little bit when she was a guest on the Global Community of Women in High School Sports, uh, the great uh, web uh, group that uh, Jim Brooks uh, operates. And I just thought she'd be a great list, a great guest for our listeners. So let's go and get started. Uh, Jennifer, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you were born, where you grew up, and, and kind of how your path has led you to become a, a mindset performance coach. Oh, so that's a, that's a whole thing. So thanks for having me, Jake. I really appreciate it. Um, and um, so from St. Louis, born in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, if you're familiar with St. Louis, I was born in a, you know, suburb called Fenton. Um, and that, you know, with the joke in St. Louis also is like our, our favorite question is to say, where did you go to high school? It's kind of a a marker here that I guess is not really when I lived in Denver for my grad degree, people thought I was like, what's well, weird? Why would you ask that? Why is it important? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> so I uh, lived in Fenton and it was at the time where Fenton actually didn't have its own high school. Now they have a high school called Rockwood Summit. So um, Fenton was divided into four quadrants. You either went to one of four different high schools. So my high school was at the time 45 minutes away um, on the highway. So it was an, you know, interesting time growing up. Um, I grew up going to a local uh, private school and then went into public school for, for uh, high school. And then um, probably as far as the sports goes, um, I was a little bit of a late arriver to sports being, I think the firstborn of, I'm firstborn of four. I have three siblings. My parents, um, kind of like we did too with our first kid where, you know, you kind of get, you kind of drag your feet a little bit, getting your kids into it. And then, you know, your subsequent kids get in a little bit earlier. So I didn't start uh, CYC sports until probably second or third grade. And by the time I was in fourth grade, that was when the select soccer scene was kind of big. It finally, it was kind of a big deal. Um, at least that's what I knew. So I continued playing competitively soccer, softball, and then basketball and all through high school and then ended up going to a college here called Lindenwood University on a soccer scholarship and um, proceeded. I, I feel like I tease my kids because we know that, you know, nowadays we overbook our kids. A lot of their socialization occurs right at practice. And I was like, hey, I was saying I've, I can't go to this dance or I can't go to this party because I have practiced long before you kids were doing that. <laughs> So that's kind of where I'm from and where I went. I went to Lindenwood in St. Charles, Missouri, which is like a little bit north St. Louis, and um, then went on to move out to Denver to get my graduate degree and lived out in Colorado for four years, which was great. I can't hear you, Jake. <laughs> and we talked about this before we came on. I, I've done 260 podcasts. I still forget <laughs> to unmute myself and it happened. I, right I, I appreciate this so much as a perfectionist. You're just making me feel so great. <laughs> uh, that, and that's what we're all about. We're all about that's right. that self -esteem. Authenticity. <laughs> uh, going back to what you were saying about St. Louis and particularly Lindenwood, uh, back in the 90s, uh, I actually uh, taught and coached at Missouri Valley College down the road. Oh, so yes. We, big rival college. We competed with Lindenwood. So, um, and, uh, you know, know some people that, that coach there. Very cool. Yeah. Mo Valley and us, um, usually between Mo Valley, ourselves and Rockhurst, we're, you know, trying to obviously get out of our, our region or our, sorry, our, our, our local, so we could go to regional. So we usually ended up battling that out. <laughs> yeah, no, fun, fun times, fun times. Yeah. And it's really, like I said, I was there in the mid nineties. Uh, we went back this summer to visit some friends that are still there and just tremendous changes. Just uh, can't believe it. Oh my yeah. gosh. I am in the, in 2012, I think it was, I was um, honored to be inducted into the, the uh, sports hall of fame there. So we went back uh, my third born was just one. He's 10 now. Oh my gosh. And I, I knew the old campus, right? The historical campus, the campus has been there forever. Mm -hmm. And that's what we went to school. And then we had to get, I had to literally get a campus map to figure out 
where in the world we just meet up to do the parade and how do you get into these beautiful buildings all with you know happiness that it grew and then a little bit of jealousy because man i would have loved those facilities <laughs> it's just like where where was this when i was here yeah right <laughs> for listeners uh we're visiting with jennifer cease she is the founder of mine to define and we're going to hear a little bit more about that uh later in the show uh let's take a quick break and give a shout out to one of our podcast sponsors this is the educational ad podcast we want to thank huddle for their support of the educational ad podcast remember at huddle we power sports over 180,000 teams including some of the best in the world use huddle to raise the performance of their athletes using video and analytics Huddle is the complete performance platform. They have online tools, mobile and desktop apps, smart cameras like the Huddle Focus. You heard me say we have a Huddle Focus in our school's gym, and it is just fantastic. Of course, there's analytics and a whole lot more. Huddle is also built for every level of play, from club and youth teams up through high schools and colleges, and even the professional teams are using Huddle to help their athletes play better. You're in pretty good company. With over 6 million users, including your student athletes, a lot of their parents, and the coaches of the college and university teams you're trying to get to recruit your kids. You want to find out more about what Huddle can do for you and how your school can become a Huddle school, go to Huddle.com and talk to their professionals. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. Welcome back to our interview with Jennifer Cease, a mindset performance coach and the founder of Mind to Define. We're going to get to that in just a minute, but Jennifer, in our profession, you know, coaching and athletics, uh, leadership is so important. And we also talk about mentorship. So I ask our guests, who are some of the mentors that you've had over your life? Uh, none of us get to where we're at by ourselves. So who's helped you along the way? Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, you could talk parents, teachers, coaches, right? Probably um, are probably the the number, the, the three big categories. Um, so I had really great sports parents. Um, I have a dad who's highly athletic, um, who honestly, if I had to pick the first feminist in my life, and he would not love it that I'm saying that at this moment, it would be my dad. And not because he was outspoken saying, you know, in that way, but my dad just saw his oldest daughter be an athlete and that's how he saw me. And so every time I was placed into a sport, um, whether it was a good idea or not, it was always because he thought, you know, let's get her the best competition. Sometimes I wound up on all boys teams. Um, I was in a basketball league that was supposed to be co-ed, but was the only girl who signed up and I was not happy about it. And he said, well, you're signed up. So, you know, we, we finish what we start, which I was, you know, 12 and not happy because I didn't start it. He signed me up. Right. <laughs> um, and it was a real, you know, it, what a learning experience to have to come into a group of boys who weren't particularly excited at that time, it was a different time to have a girl on their team and have to prove yourself up. And then the great thing is that once you prove yourself up, um, I have found with, with most uh, playing with males, um, you don't ever have to prove yourself again. And there, right. that, that was fantastic. So, and it was an interesting experience. It was tough. And so like every time my dad placed me into something. It was really about just sh the, my kid is an athlete, not for a girl, not like a girl. It was just, she's an athlete. So, and my mom was actually a, a great opposite of that. So my mom would tell, you know, she's not an athletic person. She's, you know, the most creative, crafty, made our clothes, awesome lady, a nurse. And she was in some ways the perfect opposite of that on the sideline, you know, for she'd, you know, I'd forget to take out my retainer. And so right before the whistle, you know, I'm pulling it out, pulling over my mom, putting it in her hand while she's like, Ew, this is disgusting. Go Jennifer, you know, and that's all I ever heard <laughs> from the sideline for my mother was just, we, she was either talking to friends or saying, go Jennifer. And then she'd say, I love to see you run. So like, that's a great, I've coached kids who don't quite have it that way. And so I think I had it really lucky looking back. So that's one set. And then of course, 
you know, you gotta, you gotta give shouts out to coaches. So I've had, you know, coaches who were, as they would say themselves, I'm just a dad who took the team and I don't know anything about the sport and they're important people too, um, to, um, softball coaches and, you know, people who were mostly in my life, uh, male coaches. It wasn't until my high school last, uh, my high school years that I had a female soccer coach. Um, one softball coach in particular, Mr. Wallach, um, and no, I can't call him Brad, as he told me later, as I was an adult, he's like, you can call me Brad. I'm like, no, no, I, I can't. It's either coach or it's Mr. Wallach. Um, he was really instrumental in, he doesn't probably know it, but not so much in teaching me the softball skills. Those were great, but I took myself very seriously, um, you know, seriously, to the point where when your seventh grade teacher says, I'm worried that you're going to have an ulcer, right? Because you're so perfectionistic, you're so overachieving. So he did a lot. Um, I didn't like it at the time. He teased me a lot. He made fun of me in a lot in a, in a good way, in a healthy way, but he challenged me a lot. Right. And it was mostly as I look back, it was because he didn't need to be hard on me. I was already doing that. So he played a really big role in um, giving me some things that I did not know were setting me up to be a stronger adult, not even just a softball player. Um, and then um, shout out to college soccer coaches, for sure. I had two. Um, I had a, a, a coach Washburn that I, I came in who put me in a position that I'd played before, but not her style. And so I had to learn the style of play and I really didn't like it. <laughs> it wasn't the, I was a fast run on player, you know, send the ball. I go fast. I beat people. I don't do moves and I hopefully score. And that's not the way she ran the game. And it was, you know, at 19 years old, 18 years old coming in, you're just like, whoa, okay. In order to play, I have to play it her way. So I probably grew that, you know, grew as much. And then the, the person who took over after that, uh, coach Tim Champion, who's an AD, um, over at a local uh, district here, fantastic guy. Um, actually, uh, was interesting. The very first time I met him, we all knew we were getting a new coach. We were like, "Oh my gosh!" We had we were interested in an indoor tournament for fun uh, that we were trying to win our college team, and we're like, "Coach Tim's going to be here. He's up in the stands." And so we're all playing really hard, right? And we go sit down, and we uh, some of us are <clears throat> of age and might have a you know, a beverage between games. And um, I remember introducing myself to him and I said, hi, I'm Cease, I'm Jen. My name is go by Cease and I am one of your center forwards. And he said, no, you're not but just on the spot. And I was like, oh my God, am I being cut? <laughs> I didn't say that, but I was, I acted like, oh, oh mm -hmm. and he said, no, um, you actually, you know, you don't like to hold on to the ball. You don't like to play with your back to the goal can you play wing mid? And I was like, yes, sir. Yes, I can. I can play wing mid. <laughs> so lots of really great life lessons that were sports directed, but all these people who helped me to grow and challenged me in ways that were definitely uncomfortable and made me a better person, I think. Wow. I always love the stories that uh, our guests share. And, you know, your earlier ones talking about your dad and your mom, uh, just having some flashbacks, uh, you know, with our own uh, uh, daughter and, you know, that oldest child and tough kid and, you know, how right. we um, uh, just, <laughs> you give me goosebumps, but great, great stories. Uh, <laughs> thanks for sharing. Okay. You know, Jennifer, when I heard you present on uh, Jim Brooks's podcast about uh, mind to define it, it just really uh, resonated with me as a, I, I guess, as a dad to, you know, uh, some girl athletes as an AD who uh, I think tried to do a good job. And I think I did uh, promoting all sports. Uh, but give our listeners a little bit of uh, a background, you know, what were some of the events uh, that caused you uh, led you to found this organization? And then after our break, we'll go into some of the details. But, uh, okay. you know, what is mind to define? And where did it come from? Sure. So, you know, I've always called my, when people ask me, like, how'd you get into coaching? And I'll, I've been, I, I'm an accidental coach. So I, this was not, I, maybe that's a lot of us out there. Maybe, I don't know if that's an athletic director path as well, but I, this was not 
something, you know, when everybody in first or second grade, you know, gets asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? And people, hands are shooting in the air, you know, be a firefighter, I want to be at this. I remember being like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I didn't know. I had no idea. And I don't think I knew for a long time. I just, I was an achiever. So, you know, if there was an A to get, I was going to get the A. It was going to, you know, if there was a team to make, then I wanted to make the team, right? And if there was a play to do, then I wanted to, didn't always succeed, but I only wanted to make the play. So my whole younger life, and even into, I would say, young adulthood was primed for the next step of achievement. So mind to define actually is probably a, it, well, it definitely is a story that grew. It was, it's like a growth that you don't know you have until it comes, but this is a good one. <laughs> so, you know, I went to, you know, I double majored in Lind at Lindenwood in mass communication. I was a radio producer um, at uh, the KMOX is a local station here, 50,000 watt, it carries the Cardinals. I was in the sports scene and producing sports and news. So I was around that vibe and I really liked it. Um, but I was also a psychology major. And I knew that if I was going to get on and go on and do an advanced degree, which I was kind of a primed person to do, I was like, yeah, go get a course. Why wouldn't you go get another thing? Um, that psychology would be the place to do it. So I went on to get my degree in industrial organizational psychology at CU Denver, um, which was a great experience. And then it was like, great. Now what am I going to do? Like, what am I now going to do that I'm I'm growing up? And so I actually um, stayed out in Colorado and did some project work. I worked for the state in, in my degree field and then came back to St. Louis. I love St. Louis. I miss Colorado very much. Um, and then again, um, struggled with, you know, this degree I had and my also my love for sports and news and the radio side. Um, I had these kind of dueling personalities, and I actually went back to radio for a little while. Um, when I got married, um, eventually my husband and I were like, you know, a family is probably going to be in our future. And um, so I went on to some project management work. Again, the only coaching I had done at this point was at the behest of my college coach. So Tim, who is back here in St. Louis, when I was in Colorado, gave me a call and said, hey, I think you should do some coaching. I'm in the middle of my grad degree at this time. This is not, was, this was not, I was not interested in any of this. And he said, um, you know, you need to, you need to do this. And I got a buddy, he's got a competitive team in Littleton. It's girls, a couple of dads, and they need somebody who knows the game and, you know, they should have a girl coach. And I was like, oh yeah, that's probably a good idea. And so I went and spent some of my free time just going out and training the girls with, with the coaches and fell in love. I mean, really fell in love with the kids. Um, they drove me crazy, of course, but you know, I was in my young twenties. I wasn't a parent. I didn't care. Like I didn't have to care about all the admin stuff that goes right, right with coaching. So I just had the best time challenging these girls in ways that I was mimicking what my coaches had done for me. And when I look back now, my favorite, I went on to then help coach my brothers, daughters, teams, you know, I just kind of fell and my kids got, had babies and then they needed coaches. And it was like, oh, you played soccer? Can you come coach right. our team? And it was like, oh, okay. And so what I find is when I looked back on all those years of coaching, it's been about 20 years of on and off coaching my own kids' teams or other people's teams. I started a club. So I, I, get, I get the AD perspective from a tiny bit as far as the administrative and man, that is, that is hard. Um, when I look back on my favorite points in co coaching, it wasn't teaching the perfect strike of the soccer ball, right? It wasn't teaching them how to hold the bat in softball. Those were great. But when I found them, the time I got most interested and intrigued by a player was when I knew it was a choice. It was a mindset choice. And I didn't know that at the time, you know, when a player runs around the ball because they're right footed and they don't want to use their left foot. So they take those extra two steps, which you can totally see. That's a mindset choice. That's a choice to choose a surety over potential failure and 
that's here. That's all up here in your head. And so a long way to get to your answer, I apologize, is that um, after stopping coaching teams about two years ago, um, I got a COVID story, right? So COVID hits, um, my husband's home, he's not traveling anymore. I've got a, my last child, she's four, or she's, she's my fourth child, she's now six, she's in kindergarten. So I have a six-year-old to a 16-year-old. She was going to kindergarten. I was like, oh man, I really got to get like, I'm not volunteering anymore. I'm not coaching soccer clubs. What am I going to be when I grow up, right? I'm back. I'm 47 years old at the time thinking, what am I going to be when I grow up? And I took on a player that was having trouble at the plate. Uh, my daughter had played with her. And out of just curiosity, I asked her mom, can I help her? And she was like, yeah, you go, you go, you go do you. I'm like, great. So we started to have some calls and it was, she did the work. It was all Mia. It wasn't me. I just, I challenged her sometimes and I tried to, to figure out what she might be thinking. And after that, people just kind of were like, why don't you consider like, you should maybe do this. Like, you know, I was an in your head player, right? As some of us might sometimes not put, we don't mean it in a mean way, a head case. You know, we might call players like that. Oh my gosh, they're a head case, right? Meaning they're so wrapped up in there, right? And so I was like, you know what? This is a thing, I think. The mind portion of the game was always where I struggled. I was naturally athletic. You know, you stick me in a sport, except maybe golf. <laughs> I'm not good at golf, but you stick me, you stick me in a sport and I can probably pick it up pretty quickly. Thank you for that blessing. Right. Lord. But other than that, my best moments in sports were times I either zoned so far in on the mission or so far out that you almost don't remember the play or I, um, somehow managed to not think, which is really, really hard for an overthinker. So Mind to Define was born. I, I have probably still stacks of papers of coming up with names and I like rhyming and I like alliteration. And I finally was like, you know what? The best growth I ever had, ever had was when I finally, you know, I went through all the ups, downs and sadness and anger or whatever it was about a particular <clears throat> sports situation or any kind of performance situation. And I was able to come to terms with it by redefining it and, and saying what it meant to me. And so that's where it was born. Again, origin stories. Uh, I'm a sucker for it. So I, I appreciate you, you know, taking us through that, uh, you know, very, very cool stuff. We're going to take another quick break. Again, we're visiting with Jennifer Cease. She's the founder of Mind to Define, a mindset performance coach. When we come back, we're going to have Jennifer share, you know, some of the particulars of uh, you know what she does with student athletes and, and why this is such an important thing for ADs and coaches. We appreciate you listening. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank Sideline Interactive for their support of the podcast. You've heard me say that we have a Sideline Interactive indoor score table in our gym, and it is just tremendous. You really need to check these folks out. You know, it's becoming harder and harder to fund an athletic department these days, but Sideline Interactive's indoor scoring tables and video boards can generate $10,000 or more every year, while also creating excitement in the gym and the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or call 832-786-0302 to schedule a live web demo and see their tables and boards in action. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com for more information. Their products are truly impressive along with their customer service, so you won't be disappointed. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. Again, we're back with Jennifer Cease from Mine to Define. Jennifer, I've had the benefit of listening to you on another podcast, so I, I've got a little bit of an idea of, of some of the things that you do, but I love what you said in the last segment about athletes sometimes overthinking things. Um, so for that athletic director who's listening right now and maybe overthinking a little bit, you know, why should I be interested in this? 
uh, do a better job than I have certainly done of explaining, you know, just what Mind to Define is and how it can help student athletes and athletic directors. Absolutely. Um, so Mind to Define, like any any great good student, and I was definitely a nerdy good student when I decided to to say, hey, I'm going to do this and and coach people privately, I took a course. <laughs> and so I studied. And one of the things they had us do was kind of come up with, which was actually excellent, kind of to have three core pillars. So I have Mind to Define is set up to help, you know, competitive athletic girls. That's my niche. I have worked with some boys as well. I actually currently work with a college wrestler um, who's male. Uh, but in general, my niche is uh, competitive athletic girls. They tend to range from eight or nine years old um, up to the college level. And um, they're looking to level up their performance and one of the big pillars that we focus on is what I call optimum ownership. Um, ownership's a big deal. Um, as you know, anybody who's coached a sport, especially a team sport, a um, little bit different in an individual sport, but even then, um, ownership uh, from too much to not enough, right? Sometimes we have players that own too much. Uh, that that are like, I lost the game for my team. Well, even on a basketball court, you're one fifth of the play. So you can't possibly own the entire thing, even if you miss that last basket, right? So ownership is a big part of what we talk about too much or too little. We go into growth mindset. I think, you know, in some ways, growth mindset speaks for itself. That concept's been around for a long time, and it was popularized in education uh, by Carol Dweck in her book, Mindset. Um, and it's, it's fantastic. I, I, you know, from a person and Jake, I don't know, maybe yourself too, who grew up in an era, I think, which was more fixed mindset. It was, you know, succeed or fail versus did you get the outcome you want or the lesson that you needed, you know, where that's more growth mindset. That wasn't a thing. We didn't look for failure, right? We didn't look as it as a tool. We were, we, we avoided that. That was not what we wanted. So growth mindset's a big part of what we talk about. And then what I call, it's a little fuzzier. It's a little bit harder to get your hands around um, courageous confidence. So it's having, you know, the belief in your abilities when you don't know what the outcome's going to be, right? I can be as confident as I want when I know the outcome I can affect. And, but when you don't know, when you're standing at the plate with the three, two count and you're tying runners on third, that is where it, no, no, no um, knocks on batting coaches and throwing coaches. And I've been one of those two. I've been skills coaches in soccer. Those are all really important. But when you get to the performance moments, nine times out of 10, I would say it's a mindset issue. It's a mindset problem um, or a mindset success uh, where a person believes themselves into their performance they already know they can do. So those are the three pillars we focus on um, with the players when I do private coaching, which I have usually kind of range from, I can have anywhere from five to 10 a week, just depending on their availability. Um, we talk through those things, but it's very, um, I would say player led, athlete led, you know, if they're dealing with a particular, I'll give you an example. There was one time where a, an athlete and I didn't even talk about volleyball. We talked about something that was happening at school, right. which, by the way, as you probably know, as an athletic director, these things are pretty much linked hand in hand many times. An issue at school with friends might be an issue you see on the court or on a field. Um, you, the, you know, confidence issues in school are often also reflected in the sport and vice versa and at home. So, um uh, that's what we do in private coaching. And then on the team seminars I do, um, I actually was recruited in a wonderful story. Marquette High School is here in St. Louis and was recruited by the two, their two coaches, a bas the head basketball coach and then a soccer coach. And I'm doing team seminars for them. So we take these three pillars, we design training around them, and then we also inject uh, team-specific learning, right? Something the coach, you know, sometimes will put in some scenarios the coaches will get to come up with some things that the teams have um, dealt with. And we work together on how they can work on their mindset individually and then how that mindset, especially in a team sport, affects the entire team, right? We're positive at it. We Sometimes we break it down into something that seems a little harder for the analyticals, which is I'm one of them, you know, just be positive. And it's like, really? 
I'm not feeling very positive right now. I want to be positive right now. But we actually can practice it. So my big, if you, if, if I stick to align with anything in my training, it's mindset or mental. The mental side is, is a skill, right? So shooting's a skill, throwing's a skill, kicking's a skill, trying to get all the sport. You know, my son wrestles. So you're, you shooting is a skill, right? And wrestling, um, he's doing leg work right now. So that's a skill, but so is mindset. The self-talk you use is a skill. Uh, how you tame your overwhelm is a skill. Um, all these things are skilled that if we don't work on them, those are the things that are probably going to bite us, right? When we don't want to be bitten in that, in that moment. So I would say to your point to coaches and athletic directors, it's not that we don't care. When I was a team coach, I didn't spend time talking like I wish I would have on where your head is right now, right? Versus, hey, toughen up or, hey, go be confident when I might have needed to know what's happening, what's running around in there that we can't see. And maybe as a player, you don't even know. Um, so those are the things I think that it's, and, and we're also athletic directors and, and high school coaches. We know we're not just there for the sport. We're developing human beings, right? They're going to go on. They may play the sport in college. They may not. They may play D1. They may play D3. They may play uh oh intramurals i hear are are can be fantastic places for very competitive sports um but we're gonna we're we're, we're really if if <laughs> my dad was right about anything and man he knows i hate admitting it that sports ref is a real reflection and a practice for life and if we can work on mindset there imagine the kind of people that can grow up and help you know get jobs and have children and and lead lead us to where we need to be really really great so i i wish we had more time i, I want to take a, a deeper dive into some of those if one of our listeners uh, wanted to reach out and pick your brain a little bit more um go ahead and give out your website and then if you can um maybe your email address so they can contact you directly absolutely so Right now, I'll go ahead and just put this right out there. I have not done due diligence on getting a, a prettier website. I have a contact page because every time a new player comes in, I'm like, yay, this is what I want to work on. I don't want to work on my website. <laughs> but you can get me at uh, www.mine to define. So mine, like mine, mine, not yours, to define.com. And my email is real simple, jen at mine to define.com. I am active on social media, not as much as I probably should be, and I can be found there as well. All right. Okay. Jen sees minded to find. We're going to be back with some more. Uh, this is the Educational AD Podcast. Please stay with us. Okay. We also want to thank Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, they are on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They provide a variety of interactive touchscreen video consoles along with an extensive library of templates to make it easier than ever to recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. For ideas on how to showcase your school's diverse history, along with your proudest moments, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Or learn more and get started with your own digital Wall of Fame tribute. Call them at 614-981-3589. Or you can email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. That's sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. You really need to check out their products. All right, we're back with Jennifer Cease from Mind to Define. Jennifer, this is the part of the podcast where you know, we ask the question, and the way I phrase it is 100 years ago, back when I was in high school, uh, it was very common for my coaches to say something like, come on, Jake, you got to be tough or suck it up, Jake. And right. uh, I think, you know, we probably found, you know, maybe better ways to communicate that as coaches, but toughness is such an important part of the athletic experience and of life. Um, so my question to you, uh, how do we coach kids to be tough while also uh, being aware of the social emotional challenges that a Generation Z kid has to deal with. Uh, do you have any advice for us? Oh boy, so that's a big, that's a, that's a, so it's like that nebulous area, right? Because I grew up the exact same way, right? So I had coaches, um, great coaches, coaches I loved, 
who at times were like, see, it's toughen up, man. Get out there and do your thing. And you're like, even to yourself, you'd be like, God, yeah, pull together, get tough, right? And I've said it and I still say it sometimes. Um, but I like to mince words and I like to pull them apart um, because I'm an analytic and I coach a lot of kids who are thinkers and analytical. And sometimes that be tough, it's kind of like, uh-huh and how, right? They're thinking like, well, I don't know what that means. Um, because when you say that the opposite of tough, it means, you know, flimsy, weak. And so they, de they definitely don't want to be that, but maybe toughness, and that's an okay word. I'm not, I don't have a problem with that. Isn't necessarily the word we're looking for all the time. It's, you know, if I'm looking for an athlete, um, they can be as emotional as they want. What I'm looking for is resilience. I am looking for flexibility. I'm looking for the ability to bounce back as quickly as possible. Um, one of the biggest questions I get when I do team training, I did a survey after about session two on a softball uh, club, the girls, and the, what surprised a male counterpart of mine was how much they talked about the emotion of that moment. Not the good ones, right? The bad ones where they mess up, where they make the mistake. And I got comments of, I wish I didn't think about it. I wish I didn't feel that way. I wish I didn't, right? And the point is sports are emotional. Life is emotional. High performance situations. My son just was in a singing a choir last night, right? And he had a solo that's high performance. He had some nerves. That's emotion. And so emotion's not bad, right? It's neither good nor bad. It's neither right nor wrong. Um, you can be super hacked off in a moment and another player might be upset in that moment. And those are both real. What I'm, what we're looking for though, is, you know, uh, uh, I talked about with you is, you know, catcher drops a third strike. I need to know that she is I'm working on her not to not feel the emotion. She has a right to that. What I need you to do is press pause for just a moment because you need to dig the ball out of the dirt and throw the girl out at first, right? <laughs> so it's getting to the next step. It's it's quickly turning on that that one part where it's like, I'm upset, I'm pissed, I'm crying or whatever you are feeling inside, whether you show it or not to those quickly through that, what's going on? How can I fix it? And what's my next action, right? So that's where we, we work in mindset training is not, you don't have to have that. In fact, you have every right to that. My 10 year old son wrestles and he wrestles against really fantastic wrestlers who end up beating him because they are superior to him. And he walks off and he's pretty stoic. There's a lot going on in there. And that other guy who just won is walking off crying. And I would argue, what's the, the, what's the definition of tough, right? He just won and he was super amazing. He just killed, you know, he's pinned my kid and he's the one, you know, decompressing through emotion. So I think that it's that ex accepting that emotion is a must have. And if you're going to accept the highs, right? The trophy holding, metal putting on, fist pumping, yays, you have got to accept that the only way you have context for that is because you have set, you have set the lows and it's getting from one to the other as quickly as you can. Wow. Really cool stuff. I love the word resilient. Uh, another one of our uh, frequent guests, Lena Taylor, uh, two-time Olympian uh, uses uh, resiliency. Yeah. yeah. That bounce back, that pivot, that, you know, those people who can take a, take a bad, right. And turn it into if not a good, a better. <laughs> no, ab absolutely. Okay. Jennifer, this has been really cool uh, hearing a little bit more about Mind and Define and spending some time with you, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. Now, you certainly know your way around the world of athletics, uh, you know, high school, college athlete, coach, and, and now you know performance coach. Uh, but in just a minute, I'm going to task you with sending out a brand new athletic director on the very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. And uh, we're going to take a quick break and hear from Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack, who sponsor the Athletic Director Toolbox segment. And then we're going to find out what Jennifer Cease is going to put in her Athletic Director Toolbox. Please stay with us. We want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack for sponsoring the Athletic Director's Toolbox segment of our podcast. 
Athletic surveys by Lifetrack are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic department. Athletic surveys by Lifetrack also puts you in touch with the usually 95% of the parents and the student athletes who really love your program. And it gives them a voice to help demonstrate the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. Go to athleticsurveys.com and check out their testimonials and then give them a call at 1-800-738-6466 or you can email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. If you've never used a survey to check the pulse of your parents or your student athletes, you're really missing out. Talk to the folks at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them help you take your athletic department from good to great. All right, we're back with Jennifer Cease from Mind to Define. Jennifer, um, what three tools are going to go into your athletic director toolbox? Okay, so I so I'm speaking here a little bit as one a coach, right? I've have I have a kid in high school. I have three other kids that are coming along the way, right? And the um, interaction I have with an athletic director is typically um, great communication in terms of you know when it's time to sign up, all those things that need to get done, so you have an eligible athlete. Um, so I don't. I, from an at, from an AD perspective, that's kind of where I see this person might see him at a game, right? Go out to a football game. The athletic directors are always there. They're communicating on Twitter. Um, I learned that that's a very big tool for ADs to, to do that. So I would say one of the things that um, came out from my son's athletic director was a great email that I liked that they are going to focus on some strength and agility training as addition right to their regular sports so that the gym will be open. And then some of the coaches, I think, who have experience in that are going to be on standby during certain hours so that athletes currently in season or currently not in season can come and work on, we know the things that are important for any sport, speed, strength, agility. And I'd love if an AD added mindset to that right? So if we can get kids, we can get players, high school athletes working on whether it's their courageous confidence, their optimum ownership, their growth mindset, those mental aspects of the game as they're they're strengthening their bodies and becoming more agile athletes for whichever sport they're about to enter into or maybe in their off season, wouldn't it be great to also tackle mindset? So I would love to see ADs add that as another tool to help turn out not only athletes who win for their school, we all like that, but that turn out to go on to become um, adults. So I would say add mindset to please add mindset training and mental skills training because you have to practice them to all the other great things you're adding to your athlete's experience already. So that'd be my first thing. Um, my second thing for an athletic director, um, when we got our a new superintendent at um, a local Kirkwood High School, he's apparently a pretty big soccer fan. And so that was a good thing because, you know, we sometimes when we have soccer and football at the same time, it's hard to get turf, right? It's hard to get field schedule. I can imagine the scheduling nightmare for people. And so one sport or the other is not always practicing or playing in conditions they would prefer. And that's okay. Um, so he's kind of taken on at that high school, the ability to get the soccer team some better training and playing facilities so they can do their best. And I would say that that is a really great concept for, I don't know if people know of typical versus maximum performance. So when we do typical performance, it's everything outside the game, right? It's practice, it's more, it's warm up, it's all those things that are not in the performance moment, even a scrimmage. You know, even if you internally scrimmage or you set up a friendly, those are close to mimicking max performance. Maximum performance is defined as a high pressure moment or it's you've got stakes or your performance is being measured. It actually started in workplace. And so we know from studies that um, in sports, these came from football teams, that the more you can make typical performance like it's going to be in maximum performance, 
the better your maximum performance is going to be. And so that doesn't just mean practice harder. It's making those practices as close as you can to game-like experiences, right? So um, I give you an example quick. I have a player who was having trouble at the free throw line because some some op- opposing fans were coughing <laughs> while she was taking a shot, right? Okay, I don't like that sportsmanship, but I told her, I said, "There's you can't control that, right? You can't control that. So what can you do? When you go to the free throw line at practice, ask your buddies to cough. Ask your buddies to make noises. Ask your buddies to trash talk you. Ask your buddies to make it as close to game-like so you learn to become a little desensitized to some of that, right? Because we know games are very different from practice, even a scrimmage. So if ADs at all can can help their coaches to make practices as much as possible similar to games, that's even better for everybody all around. So that's number two. Number three would be, I say, for because this has been the best gift for me, as an athletic director to work on their own mindset and, and meaning pay attention and give that some love because whether you're, when you're at work, you know, you're in a maximum performance scenario, you're on the job, you're on the clock. You're probably not only answering the needs of coaches, but I'm guessing you probably hear from parents and students and whether they're being a student at that moment or an athlete, um, I would challenge you, like I've had to challenge myself in my own coaching to pay attention to your ownership, pay attention to your growth mindset, pay attention to your own confidence, your own, um, you know, mindset in general. And that will probably help. Um, I've learned from my own players. Um, I've become a better version, I think, of myself by helping other people. And I think that if ADs can also help themselves become better that way and encourage their coaches and players, it becomes a better experience all around. Wow, really good stuff. And I love how you, you know, wove in that theme of, uh, you know, mindset there. Very cool stuff. Jennifer, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and pick your brain a little more and ADs, I really encourage you to do so. Uh, How can they get in touch with you? Absolutely. I've got a contact page set up at www.mindtodefine.com, just like it sounds, or easy email, jen at mindtodefine.com will reach me pretty quickly. I'd love to hear from you. All right. Jennifer Cease, Mind to Define Mindset Performance Coach. Thank you so much for being on the Educational AD Podcast today. Thank you. For listeners, remember the Zoom recordings of these interviews are uploaded to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening today. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. As always, we want to thank Hometown Ticketing for their support of the podcast. Hometown Ticketing is the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. You can learn more at hometownticketing.com. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing.